Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and they asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I'm going to tell you probably what you already know. It's more than this pandemic that ails us. When this thing finally goes away, it's not like we're all of a sudden going to be cured. There's a lot more than a virus that's wrong with humanity. Chaos and hostility and anger and hatred in our country. You have the disintegration of the human family, the disregard and respect for human life, the degrading ways that we treat other human beings. But what about you and what about me personally? What would you say right now is the state of your soul? Is it well? Is it healthy? Is it whole? Or maybe not so much. Now, as Christians, we know the right answer. We know Jesus is the remedy. But how so? Well, that's what we're going to be exploring these next two weeks. And our gospel reading today gives us a hint right out of the gate. We're told that it was the Sabbath day. Now, in the Old Testament, at the creation, God gave us the Sabbath as a day to make us whole to give us rest, to keep us from becoming so frayed and tattered like we so easily do. He gave us one day each week for recreation, for re-creation, to remember that we're humans, we're not machines, that we're not human doings, we're human beings, and we're meant to be in a relationship with God and then in relationships with each other. That's what makes us healthy and whole. That's what makes us human. It's our God who created the Sabbath, and He created us. He is the creator. He's the originator. He's the author, which is why He also has the authority. Now, I like that author part. God's my author. Yeah, yeah. I'm not always sure I like His authority in my life. So, let me put it in a little bit of a different way, a different analogy. Our God is not just the remedy. He's also the doctor. Every one of us has been to the doctor's office, and there you are, you're sitting and waiting in the waiting room, and maybe you're a bit anxious about your appointment and what's going to happen. Kiddos, how many of you like to go to the doctor? Raise your hand. Not very many, right? It's kind of a scary experience, even though we know it's good for us, but we get nervous and anxious about it. And then the nurse comes to the door and says, the doctor will see you now. So when she does or he does, how does that make you feel? Well, I'd like to make a comparison this morning because I think sometimes our attitudes towards the doctor can be a lot like our attitudes towards our God. Some of us treat the doctor and our God 
like the adversary. He's going to tell me what I don't want to hear. She's going to tell me what I don't want to do. I like how things are, and I know this means I'm going to have to change things about my health, and it's going to to ruin the way I live my life. I can't eat what I want or do what I want anymore. I don't know about you, but what that man with an unclean spirit said, what came out of his mouth, actually I found it eerily convicting. Like I could hear myself saying it. What have you to do with me, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy me? Oh, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. You see, we, we might just feel like Jesus is our adversary, that He's come to destroy our lives. Now, make no mistake about it, Jesus has come to destroy Satan because Satan is opposed to everything that stands for God. Satan stands against God. And just like those demons know who Jesus is, well, that's great, but that doesn't mean He's your Lord. You can know who He is, but not have Him be your Lord. It doesn't mean you're necessarily standing with Him. And so, if you're not standing with Jesus, then who are you standing with? Something or someone else possesses you, and you cling to it. You just flat out love whatever it is or whoever it is. You just love it more than you love Him and you cling to it even though you know it's not good for you and you know it's not the right thing to do, but you will not let go. Well, then if that's the case, then yeah, Jesus is going to be your adversary. (laughs) Why? Because, Because He's opposed to anything that keeps you from Him. He's opposed to anything that isn't for your good. He is always for your good. Just like the doctor, when the doctor says, you know, stop smoking or, you know, eat better or lose some weight or get some exercise, it's all for your good. But if you don't want to hear it and if you don't want to do it, then then he's your adversary. Second of all, maybe you don't see the doctor or God as an all-out adversary that needs to be resisted, maybe more like an advisor. And that's a bit of an improvement because maybe you're a little more willing to listen to what the doctor has to say. But I also think it can be more dangerous because you live under the illusion that you are in control and you get to call the shots. You know what is best even though you haven't been to medical school. You you know what's right even though you're not God. In other words, you look at Jesus as He's there just to give you suggestions, right? Right? You want to give me your opinion, Jesus? Sure, fine. That's, that's great. Doesn't mean I necessarily have to follow it, right? I mean, it's all optional. Do what you want with it. So the advice you give me, Jesus, that I like, you know, what makes me comfortable, that I agree with, uh, that is to my advantage, you know? It helps me out a little bit, but I still get to stay in control. Hey, that's great. Thanks, Jesus. I appreciate your advice. But you asked me to give something up. You, you asked for something painful. You asked for sacrifice. You asked me to make a difficult change in my life. Mm, nah, I don't think so. Those in the synagogue that day who heard Jesus speak, they heard him speak, but we don't know if they accepted his authority. They recognized that Jesus spoke with authority, that he was different than all the other rabbis who would come to the synagogue and speak. What they would do is give their opinions, which were always based on the opinions of rabbis who had gone before them. 
But Jesus is different. And they see that, and they recognize that. He wasn't just giving mere opinions, you know, and you can kind of just take it or leave it. Oh, no, 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 no. He's the author. He's the originator. He's the creator. This was not commentary on what God had to say. This was God speaking to them, God in the flesh. And when God speaks, He has the power to do what He says. Just like way back in creation, when He spoke the universe into existence. Just like when He said, quiet, come out of Him, and that demon obeyed. He has the power to heal. He is the remedy. He can do what He says. Here's the problem. Will you accept the treatment? Is He your adversary? Is He your advisor? Or is He your authority? Is He your Lord? Not just that you know He is the Lord. Is He your Lord, which means you obey Him in absolutely everything? Not just the things that you like or, or what you want to hear or what you agree with. Everything. Let's take two quick examples. First of all, how about your finances? Is He your adversary? He just wants to take what's mine. No, it's mine. He can't have it. Or is He your advisor? Oh, you know, Jesus being generous... That's a great idea, actually. And when I'm generous, it makes me feel kind of good about myself. I like that advice. Yeah, you know, I'll be happy to give a little, you know, but as long as I still have everything I need for what I want. Good advice, Jesus. Or is he your authority? <laughs> it's not mine. No, 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 it's all his. And freely he's given it to me, so freely I will give it and I'll use it for his purposes. How about sexually? Is he your adversary? Because you can't imagine giving up what you're doing right now, even though you know it's wrong. Or is he your advisor? Oh, I know, I should be pure, I should be good, you know, I, I know, but I'm not really doing anything that's that bad, you know, I just have a few little moments here and there. That's kind of normal though, isn't it? Or is he your authority? who calls you to live and be chaste. And why does he do that? Because it's good for you. Because it makes you healthy. When you're chaste, no worries about STDs or unwanted pregnancies or unhealthy drugs to keep you from getting pregnant. It makes you happy. It prevents those sexual wounds and broken hearts. And in a committed marriage, it's deeply fulfilling. And it makes you holy. It makes you right with God and free from guilt. Chastity, you know, it's kind of a bad word in our culture. It doesn't confine you. No, no. Chastity actually liberates you to be a total and unstained gift to your spouse. And if you're not married, and actually even if you are married, to be that total and unstained gift to God. Now, if you notice, as I say this, that this authority is not his tyranny, that God is just trying to boss you around, he's just trying to control you. Rather, his authority is for your freedom, to set you free. It's for your good. He has this authority because he is your creator. He's the author who designed you and he gave you life. And he has this authority because he's resurrected from the dead and he's destroyed your death. Matthew 28, when Jesus is raised from the dead, he then says, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Paul puts the exclamation point on this in his letter to the Ephesians. 
The Father raised Christ from the dead, and He seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And He put all things under His feet, and He gave Him His head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. Jesus has the authority, and He makes an absolute claim on your life. He has the authority to heal you, to make you healthy and whole, and to make you human. Trust Him. Trust Him. Why would you fight Him as your adversary or listen to Him occasionally as your advisor? Give Him complete authority over you, over your heart, over your mind, over your body, over your finances, over your relationships, over everything. Let Him heal you. You probably already know what you need to submit to His authority right now. Or if you don't, maybe as I give you time, you can kind of think about that. What do I need to give over to Him? And then surrender it. He wants to heal you. He is the remedy. The doctor will see you now. 